0: Guys, I am so excited about this episode, raising kids in the digital age. And I have to admit that, that we are ticking a number of boxes for well, this. Is this, this is firsts for me. First time to be um, interviewing more than one person. First time to be interviewing young people. Do, 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 do. And I hope there are many more um, sort of episodes with with young people to come so if you've got a young person out there or you are a young person out there and you want to have your voice heard then just get in contact with me anyway without any further ado I have two wonderful sisters here welcome we have Kirsten and Avon Bauer from Bower Books and they live in Northampton with their parents and their younger sister, Caitlin, their pet, Zaki, and their pet pigeon, Gus. And I can imagine it's mayhem keeping those two apart. It's fair to say that they are voracious readers, or book addicts, if you like, with a big thing for getting others to catch the reading bug as well. Now, Sagas of Anya by Kirsten and Land of the Nuragons" by Avon are their debut middle-grade novels. Their books started life as entries to the 2019 BBC 500 Words competition, and even though they weren't successful, they turned their entries into middle-grade novels, which are now on sale on Amazon and their own website. Don't worry, all links are in the show notes. Now, you may have watched their reviews of children, middle-grade, and young adult books on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Now, they have appeared all over the place. Channel 4, Steph's Pack Lunch, BBC Look East, Northampton Chronicle and Echo, The Daily Express, The Daily Mirror, and even The Week Junior magazine. And now I am thrilled to say they are chatting to me. And so after having published their books, they decided to launch a book, book subscription box for kids between the age of eight to 14 years old. And their mission, their vision, is to promote literacy and diversity in middle-grade literature. Happier Every Chapter is the ideal book subscription box for tween or young teen bookworms. And actually, not only bookworms, but those young people who are wanting to read a little bit more and aren't too sure where to start, because I can guarantee the books that are chosen in the boxes will be right up your street. So, ladies, girls, lovely to see you. Welcome, and thank you so much for spending some time of your precious half-term chatting to Mm -hmm. me. Welcome. Thank you so much, Kai. Thank you for having us. I am so excited that you're here. Now, really, yes, we are going to be talking about literacy, and yes, we're going to be talking about books and stuff. But the the big thing, I think, and I think we agreed when we were on the pre-chat, was that we wanted to help parents understand that there is a good side to tech as well as a bad side. So us parents tend to come, they come from looking at tech with a, a degree of fear, to be honest, because we weren't brought up in that sort of, in, in that environment. And for you guys, it's second nature. You've grown up with it. I, I totally get that. Can I just ask you? Do you have, even though you're successful in, gosh, even at the, I'm going to have to, you're going to have to remind me how old you are in a minute, so I'll ask you that. But even at your young age, is your household, do you have, I'll ask Kirsten first, do you have strict tech rules or tech boundaries within your house or not?
1: Yeah, so we have, um, we have things in place like a screen time on our phones, which means that we can't go on them after a certain time in the day. Our mum and dad make sure to check our social media every once in a while just to make sure that everything is like good on our phone because technology can also be a bad thing as well as a good thing.
0: Yeah. And Avon, have you found that that's restricted you? I mean, are you are you able to sort of um self-regulate
1: or do you find it quite tricky? Well, in the summer holidays, um, I gave myself a three hour free time on my phone because I thought that, you know, it's a holiday, so I can't spend all day on my phone. It's good to get out do something you know outdoorsy and that's good for my health so I actually gave that to myself um and I found that really good because I could you know keep it I had my screen time in control and I you know couldn't spend massive amounts of time on my phone and although sometimes it got quite annoying it really was actually quite good and I think that as Carson said it can be positive and a negative but in that light it was a positive. So, do you
0: use when you sort of, when when you guys self regulate and just chip in? I mean, I, I'm not going to keep on sort of cueing you, so just sort of just shout out and you've got something to say. But do you use apps and sort of timers and stuff like that, or do you, do you just sort of trust yourself to sort of you know just get on with it?
1: Well, I think we kind of have to just stay in our minds that okay, I'll spend this amount of time on TikTok and then this amount of time on Instagram before I have to go away and look at something else, because it's definitely not healthy to stay on social media or technology for a long amount of time. So how do you know when you've had enough? Uh, Well, actually, there's a feature on iPhones that let you, you know, set an amount of screen time. And you can actually give yourself more time. But what I do is I get dad, I get our dad to do it for me. So that way, it's on his phone he has control of whether i get more or less time on my phone so that's the way to do it or you could just this is a really hard one but you can just tell yourself okay this is enough i need to put my phone down even though that can be really tempting it is quite you know good to get into the habit of telling yourself that i need to turn off my phone now
0: i think probably i need to take a bit of that advice
1: first. <laughs> So, but I mean, what you're saying makes perfect
0: sense, and what you're saying is music to every person, every parent's ear, because what they're sort of going is, oh yeah, you're quite right. I mean, if any, we could all do that. But a lot of parents don't trust their kids and just sort of think, well, you know. And and I, I would be, I, yeah, I am addicted to my phone, simple as that. And it's not my phone; it's my iPad. So, but how, you know, do, does it cause does it cause arguments at home? What do you do? I mean, or or is it is are you sort of just so wonderfully sort of restrained that it's okay because I know that it's probably one of the biggest battles that parents have so how can you encourage parents to just loosen the reins a tiny bit because tech is vitally important for all of us now surely so how would you encourage parents to sort of trust their kids a little bit more
1: well, I think it's very hard for parents, because as you said, they're unfamiliar with technology, they didn't grow up with it, so of course they're going to be a bit sceptical of it, but I think they just have to kind of put that trust into their child that, you know, they're doing the right thing on social media, and if they put those sort of regulations in place and are checking their phone quite frequently, then they can make sure their child is doing the right thing online and staying safe online. them. And um, if I if I were to ask that, I'd say that I think putting a limit in the first place, even if it's just even if it's like a six-hour limit, which is a lot of time on your phone, mm-hmm. your child will know that there's a boundary there and that they can't bypass that boundary. And then little by little, you can start to reduce that screen time. So don't just like, if your child is spending like seven hours on their phone, gosh forbid, if they're spending seven hours on their phone a day, then, you know, if you, if you suddenly reduce their screen time to one hour, that's going to be a massive change for them. So I think just going step by step and just reducing that, so they get accustomed, they get used to, you know, spending less time on the phone, because it can actually be quite a change if you're going from spending a massive amount of time on your phone to just a tiny bit. You're quite right. It's baby steps, isn't it? Yeah. So did you sit down
0: with your parents and have a sort of conversation of this is what we want to do? And they sort of said one hour and you were going, no way, that's not. And, you know, was it a sort of bartering or or has it just evolved sort of just organically?
1: Well, at first, we didn't really have a talk with our dad. He kind of just oh here's the screen time, and you know you're gonna have to go with it. But the, the screen time was quite early before. It was sort of like I think it was six thirty a.m. to nine o'clock p.m., which is all right. But in the evenings, I sort of tend to do more of my school work then and my revision yeah. for upcoming exams and stuff. So I need my phone to access some of my notes and some apps I use to revise. So we sort of had to make a compromise for some more time.
0: And that's the thing, isn't it, is the fact that in the olden days when I was living at school and even actually my my kids, they're now 28 and 26. How, How old are you guys? Kirsten, how old are you? I'm 13. And Avon, how old are you? I'm 12. And now, listen, they're blimmin' authors and entrepreneurs before you even look around. For goodness sake, that's fantastic. My kids, we literally, we sort of had textbooks and that was all we could have. And, and and you know, my, my Google was basically Encyclopedia Britannica, which was just a shelf full of books, which is a bit of a joke, but it's true. So for us, it was sort of easy. But now, you I mean, you have all the information at your fingertips, don't you? So, I mean, this has got to be a massively good point from... Um, as far as technology is concerned. And it's just allowing people to adjust to that and to realize that, yeah, you do need, you know, we can't sort of say, all right, well, you're only allowed three hours. And if you sort of spend three hours sort of, you know, chatting to your mates and doing this sort of the social media stuff and a bit of, you know, and obviously a bit of your business work, that doesn't really leave any time, does it, to do the revision, to do the research, to do the school notes and sort of stuff like that? So, how do you, how can you sort of differentiate between um, schoolwork and, you know, sort of social media and business work and all that sort of stuff? You know, how, when you're sort of clocking up the hours, or is it just a matter of self discipline? Because how the heck do your mum and dad know that? when you're sitting
1: there peering at your phone, you're not sitting there looking at TikTok. Yeah, that's a good point. But um, I think there's there's actually a feature where you can set limits to certain apps. So, you know, if you want to study, then you don't really need to be on TikTok or Instagram because that's just, you don't study on that. But you can, you know, you can have time for maybe Quizlet or just like, you know, a studying app or an app that can help you with your schoolwork. So that way your parents will know that if you're doing something on your phone, it's not going to be something that doesn't benefit you, and it's going to be something that you actually need. So I think that yeah, it actually is a very good point. You could just be scrolling on your phone instead of doing, you know, revision, studying, and you know, your parents wouldn't know. But you can, if you set limits for certain apps, then that way you'll know that your child is doing something productive.
0: That's absolutely brilliant. Now tell me, how do you set those limits for certain apps? Is it app-related, app or is there an app? That sets certain limits on an app.
1: So you can go onto settings and then there's a screen time option. I'm not sure for phones that aren't Apple, but I definitely know on Apple phones, you can go onto the settings and then press on screen time. And what we have is sort of a family account. So Dad can set screen time for me, Avon, and our little sister Caitlin. So um yeah, you can yeah, you can just do that.
0: That's just what parents need to hear. So because I think the thing is, is that they sort of do, well, I just walked into my child's room when they were meant to be doing homework and they were sitting on their phone and thinking, yeah, and they might have been doing something quite productive on their phone. It doesn't always have to be so negative. So how do you guys differentiate between healthy screen usage and unhealthy, or let's just face it, good or bad? So how how do you, you know, So, because one, one girl sort of said to me, she said, well, I know that there's you know I use creative screen time I use connection screen time and you know so how do you sort of differentiate between all the different sort of uses that you have your devices for
1: well I think that you have to kind of stop and think to yourself am I benefiting from this am I learning from this and that'll tell you whether it is screen time whether you're using that time to you know grow and learn things or if you're just using it to just look at other people and what they're doing in their life like if you're looking at Instagram story so I think that you know you can differentiate because um if you're learning from it that's a completely different thing if you're benefiting from that, if that thing is helping you grow and expanding your knowledge then that is a good use of screen time and that is you know actually beneficial and helpful but if you're just using it for a laugh then and you're not actually you know gaining any new information or any helpful new information that could you know help you in your future then that is a bad use of screen that doesn't mean that you shouldn't like like that that doesn't mean that you shouldn't you know have fun on social media because social okay. media is also there to sort of like it's okay to like sometimes call your friends and just talk to them for a while and it's or social media is a really good way to connect with people that may be abroad or your friends if you just want to talk to them about stuff so have those boundaries in place and know when to stop if you just want to sit on the phone and just relax for an hour. If you just want to scroll for a bit, scrolling is okay as long as you don't overdo it. But, um, yeah, if you just want to talk to your friends for a bit, it's fine as long as you know that you need to get other things done and don't spend the whole evening on social media.
0: That's a brilliant segue for me. I'm just going to go a bit geeky and give a a statistic because um, Young Minds did a survey recently um, over lockdown and they were asking, uh, I think, I can't remember how many thousands of kids answered, but it was concerning their mental health. And what were the things that helped them during lockdown? And sixty-five percent of the young people said that speaking to their friends was one. I think it was the biggest thing that helped them through lockdown and it helped their mental health. So speaking to their friends through lockdown, it wasn't going to be through a hole in the hedge, was it? It was going to be through, um, you know, sort of through social media and through the 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 sort of you know the various. Um, apps and you know sort of uh, connection apps be it whatsapp or or sort of snapchat or whatever um and yeah lots of people 65 percent of the kids that said that that really benefited so as parents we have to remember that the, the the technology is a window to to sort of our kids worlds not just school not just business not just you know sort of um um you know, sort of research and stuff and Google and all that. It's also there for the social and the connection. And it's really big, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. And I think that there's nothing, as Casa said, there's nothing wrong with going on social media. But it just it just depends on the quantity of, you know, the amount of time that you're spending on the social media. Because if you're using all of the time that you're on your phone to just like scrolling on social media, then that's not very good. But if you are rationing that and doing something that's beneficial and you're still you know, enjoying time on your phone on social media, then that's perfectly fine. And that's pretty much one of the biggest reasons why people have phones to you know, use social media, catch up with their friends. So if you want to use that function, it just wouldn't really make sense. But as long as you're you know, rationing it, making sure that you're spending not equal amounts of time, but amounts mm. of time that is healthy for you on, you know, the two different sides of social media and of your phone, of technology, then I think that can be quite positive. So let's just
0: do a big sort of diversion. Am I correct in thinking that you started up your business in lockdown? Um,
1: well, we started up our what, subscription box, yeah, in lockdown brilliant because because
0: and now I know it was as I said in the intro you 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 I, I'm a huge fan of the BBC 500 words clearly so are you um and so to, to just sort of lead me through that process you know you, you I presume you were you were sort of you enjoyed reading sort of beforehand is that correct? So what what possessed you to even think, was it just the BBC sort of, um, you know, was it that that sort of competition
1: that you sort of thought, do you know what, we're going to try, try our hand at to writing stories? Well, we, we always wrote stories before that. we have like written so many stories on like uh, our family laptop or just like by hand before that. And um, we actually had a nanny who said, you guys really like writing. Why not enter the BBC 500 World competition when it comes around? So we did. And, I just kick-started
0: everything. That sounds absolutely brilliant. So, so as, and, and when, when did you become published authors? Was it after the competition?
1: Yeah, it was in April
0: 2020. Oh, okay. So, and right. So you became published authors and, and I mean, th- through doing that, I presume ha-ha, technology has been a massive support for you to be able to start your business Bawa Books. Yeah.
1: Yeah, technology has been probably the main key thing that we've used to sort of promote our business and get it out there. Without technology, you can do stuff like launches and maybe run a store in a, um, in a festival somewhere, maybe. But I think it's much easier through technology as so many people are using technology to this day and so many kids and most of our target audience uses social media. So I think that's a really good way of like sort of getting our business across to people on a much wider platform. And who, who
0: is active in the business? Is it you too, or do you have other people sort of helping you out?
1: Yeah, our parents are a massive role. We couldn't do it without them. And then we've also got um, a social media manager, and we have another person who just helps us with, you know, the all like the technology side of it all. And uh, we actually have three people, and they're so helpful. And, you know, they, they really are great for us. And, you know, it's just it's so great to have people who are, you know, you you don't want to like give the hands of your business to someone else, but it's really Ooh. good to have someone. Like, that
0: speaks brilliant. the entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you, you don't want to have someone who is like who has your business, but it's great to have that support of other people as well.
0: That sounds absolutely brilliant. No, it's it's Bawa Books, but it's spelt M B A W A dot co dot or dot com.
1: Dot co dot u k.
0: Brilliant. Right. Well, there you are. You just go and have a look at that sort of parents because it is a subscription box. That's right. Isn't it? And it's called Happier Every Chapter. Is that is that the the right? So tell us. Right. So, right. I, I want to know who decides on the books that go into the box.
1: So we we well, each box each month we have a theme for the different boxes. So then we'll go online and try to find different books that relate to the theme. And we make sure that one of our books is diverse So sometimes that can be quite tricky as there's not as many books on the market that are written by diverse authors. But we'll try our best to get one diverse, at least one diverse book Mm -hmm. in the box that relates to the theme. So what what does someone get in the box? So in the box, you can find two books um, that relate to the theme, two short stories written by us. And then there are lifestyle items and there's some bookish treats and there are some Treats like biscuits. We have sweets in there a lot of the time, so um, yeah, it, it's quite it's quite a cool box. I'm not surprised. So, how, how long has it been running then? So we've done this box since November of 2020. That was our launch, and then we actually had our anniversary. Well, yeah, we had our anniversary this year.
0: I was going to say this is this <laughs> your thing. Well, you should be having a party. So, so tell me, what's the theme of um this week, this month's box?
1: So October's box was Black History Month with a hint of Halloween, because we wanted to, um, because obviously October is associated with Halloween, but we also wanted to spread some Black History Month here, um, because we thought that was a really important thing, as diversity is a big part of our box. So we kind of mushed them together, and there is our box. And what's November's? November is non-fiction November. Are you going to give us a peek of what's going into that? Because what are we, uh,
0: this this will be going out in November. So if, if anyone's wanting to sign up, give us a sort of sneak peek of what's going on.
1: Well, it's a very factual box, which is sort of different to our other fictional boxes. But we're going to have some sort of factual, like factual little books in there and some cool factual activity sheets and other little treats in there. So you can...
0: How wonderful is that? And, that? and you do this,
1: you do this every once a month is that correct yeah Yeah, and we also have our one-off boxes which are the previous month's box and you can just buy them like just the box you don't have to subscribe so you can actually buy october's box as of now um and that is i think that's one of our best boxes because it has um it has like halloween tattoos or fake tattoos in there it has like led lights i actually have some of the led lights in the background i don't know if you can see them yes um, hanging on your bed yeah, it's a. It's I really like that book. That's so. That's actually quite cool. So you
0: know, if someone doesn't want to do a full subscription, or they want to do a try before you buy type thing, then they can just give that a whirl and sort of you know get a get a try out first, and then see if they like it. I I've done that with a number of other things. It works really well because it gives you that sort of that, and. I'm a sucker for subscription boxes because it's giving yourself a treat once a month and it's absolutely wonderful. And it's just, and yeah, I, I do, I must've met for a long time, I did an adult one and um, it was so lovely getting, as you say, the lifestyle bits as well. And I also you get bookmarks or pens or sweets or something like that. So sort of that that's really cool. So you both so you both decide on sort of what goes into the box. It must be mayhem when it's mailing sort of session. And you do you all sort of sit there, you know, with boxes all round round your ears and sort of have. It, or just you wait, wait, wait till you're success, even more successful, and you, you'll be sort of hiring out a warehouse somewhere.
1: Yeah, that's true. We do have boxes just piled around us, and we have to try really hard to get them packed before the deadline of the 12th of each month. Is that that's when it's when it goes out, is it? Yeah, yeah, we send them out between the 12th and the 15th. And during that time, it's so hectic because we can't even go in the living room because that's where we pack all of the boxes. So it's just rows and rows and rows of boxes in the living (laughs) room. You see, that's the price of success, isn't it? <laughs> so, how so how how far in advance do you have to start
0: planning? Because you've got clearly, you've got a, you know, you, you've got December. So, do you have a sort of Christmas theme, or what's your theme for December? Do you know your themes so sort of well in advance? I, I'm sure you must do. Yeah,
1: so we actually start down on one evening and just plan the themes for the upcoming year. Yeah, so we plan December's themes and then the other ones which kind of just makes things easier because then we can pre-order some of the items that go into the box and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that's it. I and mean, it's so it, it, that's, that's the sort of whole thing about business, isn't it? And, and you guys are learning that fast is that the more you plan in advance, the easier it gets. And yeah, as you say, you've got to source all these things and sort of get sort of different, different um, you know, sort of different suppliers and sort of stuff like that. And it just makes life easier because you might come across a, bo- a book you know, and you think, oh my golly, that can be brilliant for June, or something like that. So yeah. So I guess I guess you have to read each book. Is that correct? You're you're not going to start selling stuff if you haven't read it. Or am I right or wrong
1: on that? Yeah, every month we try our best to um read each book. Sometimes if we have like a lot of books that we want to read that month, um, it might get a bit of backlogged. But yeah, we definitely do read each book for the box because we want to make sure that we're putting in the box is okay for the reader and is okay for the theme and you know just reading the blog isn't beneficial enough for that so we do go through and read each book
0: that's the thing you find with some books they read brilliantly on the back and then you sort of open them and sometimes it's like sort of walking through treacle isn't it it's it's quite
1: you
0: know it's just I can't quite get into it because I was always someone that always always had to finish a book if i'd started it and then i just woke up one day and i thought you know what life's too short to read i mean sorry about this but there are some books that were well, not rubbish books that's something maybe books that don't like your sort of you know like your fire so it, it life's too short to plow through something that you're not enjoying so yeah so you've have, you've both re- <laughs> you've both written one book each is that correct or am, or have you not have you done more
1: um, so we've both written our debut novels each, and then we have our short stories that we've written every month, and we plan to put them into one big story. So we have them at the end of the year.
0: That's what I was going to say. Surely a compilation would be fantastic. Of, of and each each story is related to the theme, is it?
1: Yeah. So we're gonna like work on an anthology of like all of the short stories, and yeah, each short story is related to the theme.
0: Is that not quite tricky to sort of to for both of? you? I suppose actually having a, a, a theme, it, it must be really quite fascinating how you both come at it from a different angle.
1: Yeah, it can be really it, it can be a really interesting experience to read Aiden's stories because it's sort of it's really cool to see how you know she took the idea of the theme and made it into her own story, and how I took the idea of the theme and made it into my own story. Because you can have like the same theme, but two completely different. Types different stories like polar opposites and it's really cool to you know compare them is anyone thinking of writing another book or have you got your hands full with everything you're doing we definitely are thinking about writing our next book but um as of now we're just trying to get into the flow of the subscription box and uh yeah we can so as of right now I'm re-editing my um old my other book Land of the Neuragons and um I, I have definitely started to think of beginning um the next book in that series.
0: I was gonna say you're gonna have a sequel.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a sequel. That's
0: so cool, that's brilliant. So how do you not being funny? How do you manage all this? How do you manage being authors? I mean, for flip's sake, I, I'm an author and I'm an entrepreneur, and thank goodness I don't have to go to school and juggle everything <laughs> else. I can just about cope with what I'm doing. So how do you how do you juggle all that? How do you juggle being authors, being entrepreneurs, being doing schoolwork, and actually, sorry, hello, hello, fun. I, mean, I presume you you allow yourself some of that. How does all that fit in for you?
1: Well, it can sometimes. And this month we did have exams while we were writing our short stories, so it was quite challenging during that sort of period. But that's why we sort of have our mum and a dad, and our mum and a dad, and when um like when things get really hard, they'll just come pitch in and say, oh, do you need some help with that? Because they know that we have schoolwork and we also need some time to relax and just clear our minds from everything that's going on and maybe sit down with a good book or, you know, listen to some music or do something like that. So if it does get quite pressuring, they'll come in and sort of help us. And our mum just offers sometimes to help us a bit with our stories. She knew we had lots of exams. But we we don't really want her to pitch in with our stories because she has a very different writing voice than we do when we run after I, I can imagine, yeah. So what do you guys do to switch off? We uh, ask us that We enjoy, you know, just sitting down, closing up with like a cup of tea and reading a book. Um, we also like listening to music and then sometimes we'll just like play on our laptop for a while. But uh, we try to, you know, make sure that, you know, as I said, it's a healthy amount of that. But it's very, very good to, you know, just unwind and relax. From all of the
0: stress that's going on around you. That's absolutely fantastic. Tell me this, and, and I, I I'm busting to ask it, and I know it's probably I don't care, I'm gonna ask the question anyway. Do you guys sleep with your phone in your room?
1: Yeah.
0: Ah so how do you how do you stop that that need to because you've got a YouTube, have you got a YouTube channel, yes? Yeah. yeah. Right. We're gonna have to put the link of that in 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 the in the show notes as well. So, but how, I mean, and I'm sure, how do you stop yourself from having had a busy day and, you know, done your business stuff, done your author stuff, done, done everything else, and then you just sort of collapse in a heap? And actually, time for bed, you need to turn, turn the lights out, but it's just quite tempting to just sort of go on
1: your your phones and scroll. How do you stop that happening? So for well, me, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, we do have our screen time. So if like, if we come back, we'll have a bit of time on our phone and then our screen time will say, oh, you've got five minutes left, five minutes left, and then it'll just turn off. But that's quite later. But I think for me, it's sort of like a routine because from when we were younger, we used to come home, do whatever we did, do our homework. And then we used to read before we went to bed. So I think it's sort of routine that I just put my phone away, read and then just fall asleep. But for other children, I understand that it can be quite difficult if you're not sort of into those habits to put your phone down, especially if your parents haven't um put a screen time in place it can be quite difficult it's just kind of something you have to work on over time and for me my phone is um I always use my phone to I just so I have my charger in um, my room so I just charge my phone in my room and um I play music just like Mozart I, I normally listen to Mozart when I fall asleep um and I just do so by that time my screen time would be off so I don't have that worry of picking up my phone and doing something like going on social media because. It can be really bad if you use your phone just before you go to sleep. It can like end yeah. your sleep, and it's just not very healthy for you. So uh, I make sure that if my screen time's gone off by then, or if my screen time's still on, then I try my best to just keep my phone away from my. Home.
0: Yeah, they're quite right. It, it plays havoc with the melatonin, which just and that that's that's the problem. Is is that now you see I'm going all geeky again. Um, that that sort of um. The blue light from, from the screen just absolutely messes with the brain.
1: Um, yeah.
0: I've got to ask both of you. Kirsten, what are you reading at the minute?
1: Um, I'm actually reading the Twilight series because I recently read the movie. Uh, it's actually here. I read the movie recently and I decided that I wanted to read the book. And I'm actually quite enjoying it so far. So, yeah, I didn't want to read the watch the movie and not read the book. So, I'd
0: you see, I usually do it the other way around. I usually watch the read the book and then watch the movie because otherwise, it, it, otherwise, because I did that one time. I I started reading a book and then I sort of started watching the movie in the middle of the book, and then it was that's not how I pictured them, and it really upset me. So yeah, it's it's quite good to keep them both separate, isn't it? So
1: yeah, that yeah, was. that's what I do. Um, I I do that with Harry Potter, but I was so excited to watch the Harry Potter movies that. I remember one time I was reading the book, and then I watched the movie. And I made sure to stop the movie uh, to the part where I was uh, the part where I was at the book. And then I read the book, and then I stopped again, watched, the, the, watched a bit of the movie. It's not a very um, productive method, but I did it anyways. Um, and right now I'm reading I'm reading I'm reading Black and British, which is in our paper box, and um, I've finished it actually. So uh, yeah, I'm trying to find a new book. I just finished it the other day.
0: So what are you what's what's next on your list? Is that going to be for business? She says in air quotes or for pleasure? Uh
1: so that was kind of for both. I do actually enjoy reading that type of thing. Um, so but it was mainly because it was in our book box. But I wanted to read it anyways, because it's a really educational book. So yeah, I was actually planning on reading it before it was in our box. Um, and next I'm probably gonna read uh have you heard of John Green? No, I haven't. He's quite a popular author. Um I'm I've Read, I think, three of his books it. Um So I'm gonna try to finish all of his books, and then I'll move on. You broke up a bit. Say his name again. John Green. No. What sort of books does he write? He writes realistic fiction books.
0: Brilliant. Yeah. You see, I'm 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 just in between books. Um, I tend to, um, well, you see, I, I sort of I, I can devour a book in a weekend, and then not touch a book for sort of three weeks. So um, I think I'm just about to go and read. Someone recommended me The Choice, which was about um, a woman. You started off, she was in Auschwitz and how she has changed um, her her life around since then. So I think I'm going to give that a whirl. But um, otherwise, it's just sort of good old um, crime fiction for me, which is a bit like the stuff I watch on telly as well. Oh, yeah, I like that. So ladies, listen, I am so chuffed that you have um, been able to spend some time with me in your busy schedule. Um, Thank you so much for being here. We we will put all the, I will put the links to both your books. I will put the links to your subscription, uh, your subscription box and your website um, and your YouTube channel. um, And and actually I'll take all the links um, for, for your social media as well. But I, I just find that you're an absolute inspiration. And I know that you've got a strong, um, reliable family sort of behind you. But truly, if 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 it wasn't for your sort of vision and um, your mission, um, they wouldn't have anything to do with it, you know, would they? So, you know, they've got to be able to, su- they've had something to support. So well done you for um, supporting one another and, and helping, um, as you say, promote li- literacy and diversity. Um, in middle grade literature, because I think it's absolutely fantastic. Thank you so
1: thank much. You so We've much really time. enjoyed being
0: here. All right. We'll listen, speak soon, and um, thank you so much again.
1: Thank you. Bye. bye bye.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you find this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at com, And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favor, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.